All right, welcome back to another episode of Door to Door Success Stories. Here today with my friend Savon. Welcome, dude. What's up, man? What's up? So, me and you have gotten to know each other just a little bit recently. We play in the same football league. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's go back to kind of the beginning of your story. I, I guess that's going to involve some football, too. So, tell, tell us about where you grew up, high school, uh, I guess some college stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, I was born in Hawaii. Um, from there, just because of cost of living, my family moved to Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, I went to high school in Las Vegas. I played football, basketball. Um, you know, track, all that stuff. Um, and then when I went to college, I went to UNLV. Um, I played football there. Yeah. My first year, I, I mean, this is actually where my door to door story also begins. My okay. first year, um, I became good friends with a couple of guys mm-hmm. and ended up joining the LDS church. Mm-hmm. Um, reason that's important, you know, that's part of my, I, I that's also part of the door to door story itself, but, right. um, you know, I joined the church, and the next thing they, they got me into was naturally door-to-door sales. Yes. So got invited to do some pest control. So. Yep, go ahead. Were you um, were you a walk-on? I was, yeah. Yeah, I, I walked on, too. And I went to D2, and I was a walk-on, so I clearly wasn't as good at football as you. Um, <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> Dixie. Oh, okay. Dixie. That's it, a good school, though. It was fun times, bro. Yeah. It was super fun. Um, okay, so. Playing football in high school. What position were you, by the way? So in high school, I played quarterback and safety. Okay. And then in college? So in college, I started at quarterback, ended up transitioning to safety. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And so you're a walk-on, so you're trying to play ball, but you're paying all your own expenses. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. And you meet some LDS dudes on the UNLV team? I do, yeah. So I had one friend that was a teammate of mine in high school. He went on his mission to Russia. He was supposed to go to UNLV with me. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of kept in contact. And then, yeah, I just made friends that were Polynesian and also LDS. Right. Just, you know, were the guys I hung out with the, the whole season. Yes. Okay. Love that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you said it. So you meet some LDS dudes, you become LDS, and boom, all of a sudden you're knocking doors. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, like that first summer, or what happened? Yeah, so the first summer, I mean, it it didn't last long for me because I was in the tr- I was in the transition into like wanting to transfer schools. So uh, back in the day, before all this like transfer portal craziness, yeah. to transfer, what you had to do was go to a JUCO where you had to sit out a year. So I was right. already in like transition into going into a JUCO, and I needed to start fall camp. So. Didn't really do too much my first summer. It was my next one that I, like, needed to make money for going on a mission, mm-hmm. you know? Just, um, Dude, that's a lot of upheaval all at once. It, it is. It is, yeah. right? Um, and, and part of that is, like, my, my family didn't quite agree with me being LDS in the beginning. So uh-huh. for me, I wanted just to show that, like, I did it for the right reasons. So I chose to go on a mission pretty pretty soon after. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's no other way to make $10,000, you know, and, like, three or four months other than what we do in door to door. So that's really what motivated me the first time. Yeah. Wasn't very good, but you know, kinda kinda hit the mark, had some help from the church and then went on my mission with the San Rosa, California. Love it. And and the mission was after two summers, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. So first summer you said you weren't very good? No. I actually quit early, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I did too actually. Did my, you? My my first summer of pest control. Um yeah. so where'd you go? 
et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, California. So I was also like going to a JUCO in California. Um, it was like Orange County was, yeah. was the team out there. Uh-huh. But yeah, I just, I just didn't do good. I wasn't really committed to it. And I didn't really have any motivation, you know. You were I, a kid, dude. You're 18, 19? Yeah, I was yeah. 18. And like looking back now, being 30, I'm like beyond those years. Yeah. It's like, man, that was a lot has changed since, you know, my, my whole mindset was different. But I was, I was a little spoiled. I thought I was going to be taken care of in football, so I didn't really take it seriously, to be honest. Yeah, it's one of the biggest killers of door-to-door is like, I'm here because it could be easy money, but if it's not, I have something coming to me regardless. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually one of the reasons I think I, I didn't do great my first summer is because that was supposed to be the summer before I went to law school. So I was like, well, I'm going to be a rich lawyer anyway. Right, This yeah. is just gravy money. <laughs> But it's like that just means that like in a hard moment, your your why for why you're doing this is super weak. It you is. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Okay. So you go do that. And then uh, did you go to the JUCO the next year? I did. Yeah. Okay. So I went to Allen Hancock College um, very briefly just for the football season. Got what I needed to do. You know, mm-hmm. had my one year and then put in the transfer and also put in for a mission. Cool. Okay. And then, so you're like doing like mission papers, all that type of stuff, and go out for a second summer. Yes. Okay. How'd that summer go? A um, little bit better. So that was out in Texas, and I actually had like a reason to do it, but yeah. I was one of those people, like, at least before I became married, I would say I was one of those like talented, lazy people, like uh-huh. not like try to brag or anything. Yeah. But like I did just enough to accomplish what I needed to do, and then after that, I was fully disengaged. Like I think I became a full time modern warfare player, <laughs> and um, also Game of Thrones had just started getting really popular then. So I was also, you know, binge watching that with my grandpa. Bro, the the good old binge watching a season during the summer. One hundred percent. Yeah. Been there. Been there. Um. But you do better. I wonder, like, um, you had to pay for your mission, but you're also on your mission. You're going to knock some doors. Do you think you, like, thought better of it because for that reason, too? I didn't even put those two things together, to be honest. You know, as as a kid who, like, converted to the church, like, as a as an almost an adult, uh-huh. I, I didn't know like what a mission entailed. Like the only thing I thought of was like, you know, you get sent to like Japan or Africa Uh and you're just talking to foreign people about Jesus exists. I didn't think by any means I was going to get sent to the United States and (laughs) actually have to grind it out on the door. So that was actually kind of a shock to me when I got my mission call. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Uh, So you get your mission call and you go also to California. Yes. I I go to California. Can't escape it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, How was that? It was great, man. It was yeah. great. So for me, like I was really intentional on it, and I don't like I don't know if you like include like spiritual stuff in your whatever you want. Or not. But but for me, what I found was this is right when the age change happened. So like you had a bunch of eighteen year old kids going in. I'm mm-hmm. twenty one mm-hmm. going into a mission, so it's already a little odd. Yeah. And you just find that like that's where I truly think I found purpose, not just like in my life or whatnot, but but just in 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 itself. Like I had a bigger reason than than me. I felt like if I went into this, try to get something out of it, I was only going to be disappointed the whole time because I left so much. I left playing college football, which I could have gone anywhere after JUCO. Yes. Um, I left, you know, a decent paying job that, that I was, you know, really taking for granted. And just any, anything else that like a 20-year-old kid would want to do to go and do this. And in, in like my perspective at the time, take a step back. But it, it helped me to broaden like my view of the world because I realized 
that life has purpose when you focus on others. Yeah. And, and not just like in the spiritual side, but in general, like sales and, and just like life performance. Like when you have something else driving you, it helps you a lot more because as a human being, I feel like you can disappoint yourself very easily. Mm-hmm. We're only going to do so much before we get uncomfortable, but I'll get really, really uncomfortable for people that I love. And I think that's where like my mindset shift changed was during that time. Now, I also met my wife on the mission. So she was also a missionary as well. We yeah. met in our last transfer. Hidden and benefit. It, hidden benefit, man. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, right? <laughs> and and um, yeah, after we came back home, her and I started dating, and that's how I ended up in Utah. Love it. Okay, so you mentioned that you know prior to all that, you were a kid who would you know maybe get the job done but do the minimum to do it. Would you say that changed on your mission? It, it changed on my mission. It started to change my mission. It 100% changed when I was dating my wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. H- higher level of responsibility and duty and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, and somebody who's just going to tell you to your face. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, have, I have one of those wives. And she's amazing. Um, but, yeah, it was just a, a call to be better. And I, I answered it because I wanted to be with her. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, we've actually had all all mission guys on the show so far not not that it has to be be happy to have people who didn't but um i've asked i've asked this question every time you know obviously the uh mission's a spiritual endeavor it's the lord's message you know i'll, I'll give several disclaimers there I, I don't like to talk about the mission in terms of sales too much because it gets kind of weird but that, yeah, yeah. that being said i totally, totally understand that yeah. being said if you're more organized, hard worker, personable, you can you can do a little more, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. So like, um, were you already that way, or did you get more that way on your mission? Like, what would you say? Um, you know, sales was originally hard for me because I wasn't a people person. I was very introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from Hawaii to the mainland, I had like you know, the, I guess you could say like a little bit of an accent. So. Yeah. I got put into like speech therapy and stuff early in school. Uh, um, so I was always shy talking to people. Uh-huh. On the mission, though, I already knew I was older than all the kids. So yeah. I kind of had that like hidden confidence. But really helped me, though, was the structure, like the routine that I still keep to this day. Yeah. I was older, too. I was like 20 and a half when I went. And they announced the age change while I was in the MTC. Really? Yeah. So it's like I'm already going like a year and a half older than the kids. And then they let in two and a half year younger kids. Were you 2014? 20, uh, 2014 is when I got back. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. I left in 2012. Yeah. So I get back home to Texas. That's where my grandparents are. And I had to make the decision of what college I was going to go to. Uh-huh. And I actually had like scholarship offers to other schools, but my wife, Kate, she was in Utah. I wanted to be with her. So just moved to Utah and figured it out from there. I met with BYU, met with Utah, um, both willing to take me, I ended up walking out to Utah. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's what brought me here. I, I moved two weeks after I got home out to Utah and haven't looked back Walked since. Walked on twice, dude. I did. I did, yeah. Glutton so, for punishment. What was that? I said you're a glutton for punishment, man. Uh, oh, yeah. The second time was hard. The first time <laughs> the first time wasn't too bad. Um, you're just a kid. You're just like, whatever. I'll, yeah. Yeah, the second time Nobody's was ever given me money. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, no, the, sec- the second time was hard. It was very humbling. Um, I had other opportunities, and I was older, but I was treated like the other 18-year-old kids. Um, I was married, so, like, I was getting used to – or we just got married, so I was getting used to, like, not just being in college all day. You know, yeah. I had to go home to my wife. Um, and 
the program is just way better, you know, obviously yes. like they're, they're way better program, way better competition, uh-huh. super complicated offense at the time, at least in me, if someone's watching here and they were around that time. Sorry, this is dumb, <laughs> but like I couldn't figure out the offense at all. Yeah. Um, it, it was a big wake up, but it was really fun. Yeah. I, uh, my, my actual story with football is I was, I was going to BYU and I kept trying to walk on, they kept cutting me up. Dude, I was like showing up like entirely cold did you look like that when you went when you went to your tryouts dude i was i was 290 strong and fast holy cow but like they 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 didn't even take any alignment at any of these tryouts i think it was largely for show you know what i mean right man but anyway i go down to dixie as a walk-on and you know at d2 like half of the roster is walk-ons like every year they bring in 50 new freshmen what Dead serious, and I'll tell you why. Because they bring in like 50 new freshmen, two-thirds are walk-ons. The ones who do have some money, it's like a half scholarship because they have 30 scholarships that they like they're, chop they're in-state up. state kids, yeah. Yeah, they chop or, – or yeah, they'll try to get you like a in-state tuition with an academic scholarship. They're like, see, you're on scholarship. Um, but anyway, we all show up as walk-ons. Everyone has been led to believe that if they just ball out, then they'll be on scholarship next year. Right, yeah. And then, of course, two-thirds of them don't. So then they're quitting or transferring. So then they're bringing in 50 new freshmen next year too. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> That's D two football, right? <laughs> but I, uh, I actually did start. I started that whole year. Really? Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, bro. I, dude, I was I was good at football, man. Um, but then, so I I played uh, I played four games at guard, and they moved me to nose, and I started at nose. But then I went on my mission to Peru, and I lost like 80 pounds. Right. I came back. I was two fifteen. And I didn't think, this is funny, I didn't think I'd ever get big again. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'm done playing football. Right. Now you see me, I, I, I got big again. <laughs> Go figure. It's like, man, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where football ended for me. Um, okay, so you're at the U. Do you do you kind of like immediately get back into door-to-door as well? I don't. I don't. So I was doing like phone sales because um, at the time – I, well, one, it wasn't even the summer. Um, it was the winter. This is like during school and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was doing like phone sales and I was doing it for Vivint. Mm-hmm. And on the side, because I, I was up in Salt Lake, I was like spraying pest control. Like I was literally like a tech. Uh-huh. Um, and summer came around. Okay, about, so football school, two jobs. Right. Well, two different jobs, two different times. When yeah, I, yeah. When I, li- I lived down in Provo. That's where my wife and I lived uh-huh. like prior to school and I was doing like phone sales. Moved up to Salt Lake. And then you were spraying. I was spraying, oh yeah, I was spraying pest control because, you know, Got pest it. control office was in Salt Lake. Yeah. And um, I was, I had signed to come back into door-to-door for pest. Um, had done three or four weeks of it, and I was doing really well. I did, like, um, I mean, actually, never mind, because Cody Olive was a beast, so I'm not even going to mention. But I, I, I was doing good for my time. <laughs> and um, Your time, your standards, what you'd seen. And I, yeah. I was trying to recruit one of my friends, one of my teammates from the U., and he's like, oh, yeah, let's meet up and does one of those counter things where you show up and it's like a counter recruiting meeting. Ah. And um, I've never been able to pull that one off. Really? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm easy. I'm a, I'm a lay down sale, man. Anyways, okay. I show up. I show up and um, it's a vivid meeting all of a sudden, you know, and, Go and figure. he's got all these guys who used to play football, at BYU, all great friends of mine still to this day. Uh-huh. And yeah, became a became a vivid guy since then. Cool. They just they just pulled it off like in a meeting. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. How soon are you like switching selling? Um, so I switched to alarms fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. We, we met twice. Um, we were already like 
kind of leaning towards that anyways because I did so well in the phones with Vivint. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, once I left pest control, like, I never really left, looked back. So was this um, a little bit of a preference of that product over this product, or was it about the guys you were going with, or why would you do that? Um, I would say it's because I... I believed in I believed in that more than I did like what I was currently doing. Yeah. Um, and and both I like I, I love both industries, but yeah. for, for whatever reason, like I just I, I looked at it and I was like, this is something that I can like get behind, you know. Yeah, and you know one one of the things on this podcast, like I'll, we're bringing on dudes from all the industries, all the different products, and I think that they're all valid, but that doesn't mean that they all make sense to every person. Sometimes one of them just kind of clicks in your head a little better, and it's yeah. fine. So. Okay, so you start doing alarms. Are you are you good like immediately or? Um, no, I'm average. I, what I was really good at was the phone sales, ah. but like on the doors, I was I was pretty average. Um, what changed for me was so my wife and I, you know, we we were having fun because in sales, like you know, you get to do all those like trips and stuff. Hang out with the other couples. Yeah, and hang all out that stuff. Hang out yeah. with other couples. So like we we just wanted to be around like the people that were like going all around the world, right? And so uh-huh. we were having a ton of fun. And actually, when you have a ton of fun and you're married, you end up... With children? With children, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, they were, our kids were playing. But, but yeah, so uh, we, we get pregnant with our first. And, like, life just becomes super real all of a sudden. Yeah. Right? Like, you start thinking, like, I can barely handle taking care of myself and my wife. Can't imagine being, like, fully responsible for a kid. And so I was looking up all of these, like, articles, like, as a, like, becoming a dad. I'm weird. Like, I, I just, like, read about everything. Research stuff, yeah. And one of the articles I found was that when you have a kid, 90% of the time you spend with them in your entire life is spent between the years of 0 and 18 years old. Uh-huh. Once they turn 18, you only have 10% of the time you'll ever have with them moving forward. Sad. It well, is sad. Or, I mean... It's the way it's supposed to be, but like gut check, I guess. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I and I get it because I look back and I was like, that's pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and I thought about that so hard because I was like, man, if I only have this amount of time with my with my like first kid that I'm gonna have, it's my my oldest daughter, then I need to figure out a way to like have as much time as I can with them. Uh-huh. And I was in this place where I was like, I was not very good, so I was doing like doors like for the summer, but then in the off season I was doing inside sales because. I like needed to make money still, mm-hmm. and it was the only way that I could make like a decent income. And so now I was like, okay, if I can become really, really good at this, then I can truly like crush it and then have more time with my with my new baby. And so I did. And mm-hmm. that's I think that's where the transition came. It was literally just I don't want to say overnight, but it was just that mindset of like I need to be, you know, I need to be this to to be what I want to be, and you know, it turned around there. It's a higher level of duty, bro. I, I always talk about it with at least my reps that it's a relevant topic, but it's like, you know, there's lots of decisions in life that you can change your mind on, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess unless you outlive all your children, you will never unbecome a dad. You're just a dad. Now it's done. Yeah. You know? Wow. Never, never thought of it. That if, way. Even your wife. I mean, your wife, I mean, you can get divorced or whatever, but, you know, we're not rooting for that but a person can get divorced and then you think about it from like uh from like a provider level too like you don't have to you know except in some cases you don't provide for your parents you don't provide for your friends you provide for your wife but again like she's a big girl if you got divorced she'd figure it out but your kids it's done you just do that yeah you know what i mean so yeah i love that so because of that you've got a kind of a higher 
purpose and you become better at alarms. Pretty much, yeah. Distance sales in general, yeah. Okay. So is it just a matter of focusing on your craft that much more? And... Um, yeah, that was that was part of it. So uh, starting in 2019, like I started like really reading books. Um, you know, I was watching YouTube. I actually bought Door to Door University. So mm-hmm. um, like I was using that, you know, plug for Sam Taggart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, had, and I was listening to podcasts too. Like, and, and I just started this routine. And to keep myself accountable, I posted it as a story on my social media. Dude, you have like, was it like six things you do every morning? I've been seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's from the book Miracle Morning. Okay. So Savers, yeah. I just I have these like habits that I do every day. What are they, if you don't mind? Can you tell us? Um, yeah. So first one is silence. So um, like kind of like meditative prayer, uh-huh. at least for me. Next is affirmation. So I write that down in a journal, um, just like affirmations for myself, and I write my goals. Um, you visualize, so I do that as part of like my meditation where you just visualize your day, visualize success. Um, you exercise, you read, and then you're supposed to describe. So that's where I get the writing in. It's called Savers. It's just from that book. And then, okay, and that's not even before. That's all before we get into because you do like book, podcast, scriptures, something or another. I've been yep. seeing that too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I kind of like layer things on top of my day. So uh-huh. I do cardio, you know, every day. So I'll just listen to either podcasts or scriptures during then. And uh-huh. then I'll do the rest of it in the car. Um, I always do scriptures in the morning when I wake up. Um, I just try to like replace time where like usually people are on like social media. Like I was like that. Uh-huh. Um, I replaced that time with the stuff that I could be doing to improve. So when yes. I, when I was having our first or when we were having our first daughter, I stopped playing video games. I made this commitment to myself that I, I would stop until I hit like a certain bench benchmark for myself mm-hmm. and, you know, cut down on the social media other than holding myself accountable. Love it. Okay. So your social media is primarily a tool of holding yourself accountable. Yeah. And post pictures. Post pictures. I'm a pretty simple person. Yeah. Recruit some. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. Cool. Well, there you go. There you guys have it. Uh, Golden door winner, right? I was. Yeah. Savon, that's what he does in the morning. <laughs> so cool man so you get into alarms you become good like how, how good do you become um i was i was fairly good i was fairly good um i i stopped doing inside sales and i left like at the top like mm-hmm. by by far i, I was i was doing quite a i've bit. actually had a bunch of friends do vivant inside sales too were you doing like the inbound or the outbound or the um so you kind of have to do both yeah. i was on the inbound team but like Depending on how good you were, you were prioritized getting calls. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of had to do a little bit of both. Um, and then, yeah, on the doors, the, the the final year before I transitioned into solar, I, I did really well. Yeah. Cool. So this is, what is this, like 2015, 16, thereabouts? No, this is this is 2019. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't this isn't too far into or too far back. Love it. That's your last year of alarms. Yeah. So 2020 um, was when I transitioned into solar. It was June, July of 2020. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. How do you make that decision? Um, I mean, I, I think all of us in the alarm space, especially because like Vivint Solar, um, kind of knew that that was happening, that mm-hmm. there was good money to be made, that people were, you know, just doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. At the time, though, at Vivint, you couldn't transition between the two. So there you was got to play nice. Yeah, yeah. So like there were, well, play nice. You couldn't, you literally couldn't onboard like in solar if you were in alarms. So I, I had friends who, who were doing it and I had met one time to like talk about solar, but you couldn't. But in 2020, what happened was that they announced that they were going to be bought by Sunrun uh-huh. and there was no longer a, 
I guess you could say recruiting block to it. So oh, okay. the, the door is open for it. Yeah. Um, when that transition was happening, my, when my friend and I, um, he had like a solar dealer that was started up. Yes. And he was using Sunrun. So I jumped in, you know, brought all my guys into that and we were doing solar and um, eventually transitioned. Once the whole com- combining of Sunrun and Vivint happened, um, I moved into Sunrun and been there since. Got it. Got it. Um, so you, what, what structure did that take initially? Cause I know in solar, I mean, dude, there's, there's like year round, uh, where they live there. There's all the different blitz stuff. I, I guess they've yeah. basically like created a summer program for the kids who are just attached to that idea. Not like there's everything, right? Right. How yeah. did you start doing it? So I started doing solar in the blitz model. Yeah. Um, like full transparency. My wife didn't want to like have to summer or anything. So yeah. it's like. I had to make that work. And we just bought our house. So she's like, I'm never leaving this place. Fair <laughs> this enough. This is home. Yeah, so you guys live in Utah. Boom, done. Yeah. And you're selling solar primarily in, what, like California or someplace? California, man. <laughs> just can't get away from it. Sucking you back. Yeah, yeah just at any time. But, um, but, yeah, so we started out blitzing um, mainly because of that. Mm-hmm. But with solar, just because of the return that you can make, it, it makes it more possible than, like, with an alarm. Couldn't make that money. Best couldn't make that money in, in, in blitzing. So we were blitzing, um, and then naturally, just as as we started to grow, having like a set or closer model, and, and you probably like experienced this That's as what well. We do. Yeah, yeah, it's just so much easier to recruit to. You know, like it was very hard to find people like that had the grit to do, you know, the whole thing. But with setting, super simple, and, and no matter what industry you're in. So we started to grow a lot, and it got to the point where it's like, hey, we're starting to break into the college kids. So now we're into like a blitzing summer model. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's something I've been thinking thinking heavily about recently. Is like, I don't know, I don't know. There's these little things where I'm on the one hand I'm closed minded, but on the other hand it's like, how much money am I costing myself by being like a thir- the the 31 year old version of a boomer just <laughs> over here just angry talking about oh these 22 year old kids they won't get a real job they just want to blitz all the time. It's like well. <laughs> I don't know. Am I am I going to change the world on that, or do I just need to get with the program? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I I did it because um, I had the right people to make it work. Yeah. If you don't have the right people to make it work, that's tough. I mean, you you sound like you have tons of you know incredible leaders, but mm-hmm. that's where people have a hard time. Like then you lose money because you send a bunch of kids out unsupervised in a blitz and nothing happens, right? So that yeah. that's like your worst case scenario. But if it's pretty dialed, I don't think got to worry about it. Right. 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 Okay, so you begin, at, you know, I'm, I'm guessing as a, a rep. Were, were you a setter? I was, yeah. Yeah, so you're a setter, and, and tell tell us about that. Just you know, first six months to a year of solar. Yeah, so I mean, I I came into solar, and I'll be honest, I was pretty intimidated. Um, although like I had a great background, uh, it just seemed very difficult to get into. I couldn't wrap my mind around like the costs and such. So I thought it'd just be easier to stay on the doors and set. And I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of people with me who were also setting and we were kind of just like setting to other closers. And mm-hmm. it just kind of got to the point where they're getting a little frustrated that they're like, this disappointment was money. I don't know why it didn't close, you know, natural uh... stuff. Right. And they're looking at me, you know, I had, I had a couple people drop off and I was like, you know what, I'll learn how to do this. And so <laughs> Uh, I, I turned to door, literally, I turned to door-to-door university and teach myself how to close solar. So I, I had to, like, figure it out pretty quick. This was, like, within a week. And yeah. then I jump into closing, and 
you know, and the, these guys who were frustrated, were they like your recruits type of a thing? Yeah. yeah so yeah. you felt, you felt kind of a duty to make sure their deals could be closed by somebody. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Cause at least if it's me, they know me and you know, like they could just be like, I know he would have given his all, but when it's a guy, you don't know, it's hard. And if it's a no, at least you can explain why to him or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you just have that rapport with them and, mm-hmm. and this kind of builds upon like the model that we've created now, but, but yeah, so I learned how to close, um, and you know, was pretty good at it. And we just started to grow from there. You know, I, I, our, our guys started to crush it. I started to do really well. And yeah, now we're where we're at. Yeah. So, you know, I, I probably should have said all this quite a bit earlier in the show, but jump ahead. Savan's a golden door winner. How big's your org these days? Um, we just onboarded quite a bit. So we should be right under a hundred people as okay. of today. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and are you guys pr- primarily like a, a very structured set or closure model now? We are. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I asked that because I remember once back in the day, Vivint Solar was trying to get me to come over and it sounded like they were pretty much all just like their own setter and closer. Self-gen. Yeah. That is how it was. Yeah, that's true. I, I kind of feel like in the, in the, like when solar was brand new and everybody was transitioning from pest control or alarms or whatever they did, they have this, they had this aversion to setter closure. They were saying, no, one person does the whole thing. Right. Forever and ever, because that's what we did in alarm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but the setter closer thing can be clean if you do it right. Yeah. There's got to be a whole bunch of controls on it, though, to make it not get wonky. That's the that's the problem. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so you become a closer. You teach yourself from D to DU. Literally, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very true. I learned from nobody else but, uh, but those videos. Did it freak you out quite a bit? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, the, the number one thing was, like, you hear all those horror stories of people who, like, you know, have solar, but they still get billed and whatever, and they have a terrible experience. So I just didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing it, I was, like, giving people way more solar than they probably needed just out of the security of, like, I don't want to do this wrong. Yeah. But, I, I would rather miss a deal or two than, like, do something unethical. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was pretty intimidating. But after I caught a hold of it, man, I was like, this is this was good. You know, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. Um, you didn't have like. Why'd you have to teach yourself? There wasn't somebody around to show you. Um, I think I was a little too prideful to ask first and foremost. Uh. And second, I just didn't want to cause this rift with the people that we were working with that I didn't trust them. I didn't want to like put that oh, out there yes. and, and make them feel like, Hey, like if you can't do this, I'm going to do this. Um, although that's kind of what happened. It is what it I, is. I just didn't want to say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all fair enough. And maybe they'd try to block you in some way. They'd be like, no, no, there I is want some those gatekeeping. appointments. There yeah. is some gatekeeping. It is true. Uh huh. Fair enough. That makes sense. Okay. So how, how long is your learning curve when you do that? Um, I, I believe your learning curve is just based off of repetitions. And mm-hmm. so, like, in the beginning, I took a ton of appointments. I didn't close all those appointments, but I took a ton. Just blast through it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the one thing that I learned in, like, phone sales was that, like, I had so many reps on the, on the phones that, like, you kind of naturally grow that skill. Whereas in door-to-door, you get, like, two or three good opportunities mm-hmm. in, like, alarms. Or in pest control, you get, like, 15, 20 good opportunities. In phones, mm-hmm. you get, like, 50. So so your, like, learning curve is a lot faster, and that's how I approached it. With the setter-closer model, you can truly do that. And so I told guys whether the appointment's, like, super solid or not, just throw them over here. That way I can learn, you know? And so they were, they were setting all kinds of stuff. But nowadays, like, I wouldn't even, like, I wouldn't even answer a text message. I'd be like, that's not a set. You've got it <laughs> dialed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One of the things, uh, the way we do it, you're you're a setter, and then we will teach you to close. But in the beginning, you can only close your own because we don't want you to jeopardize some of other course. setters' money, right? Yeah. Yeah, smart. Um, 
one of the things I always have to tell these guys, I'm like, hey, how's that transition coming? They're like, oh, yeah, just really working on the on the, the closure script. But they all of a sudden became bad at setting. And I'm <laughs> like, hey, um, honestly, man, you probably know the closure script as good as you're going to know it before you go run some deals. Right. But that depends on you remaining good at setting. Of course, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. They... They think that as soon as they technically hit the qualifications, it's like they retired from ever knocking a door again or something. <laughs> killer. It's a killer. So, all right. Love that. So you blast through some reps. You become good. And how big is your team at that time? Um, I had four guys with me, and two of them are my brother-in-laws. That's clutch, though. It's clutch. You got to oh. start with that, like, that core group, you know? Oh, of course, yeah. Love it. And then how do you guys begin to scale up to what you got now? Yeah, so, I mean, we – we found that the model worked and, you know, I, I started to realize that if we wanted to grow, it couldn't just be centered around one person. Like mm -hmm. as awesome as that sounds in solar, like you can't do it. You're just going to bottleneck everybody. Mm -hmm. And at that point now, those guys, uh, once we started to grow, they had been setting for two years, you know, they, they're, they're starting to understand that there's a lot of money in closing. So what we did was we agreed upon like this structure that, you know, was, was kind of naturally put in place by the way we did it, but also, you know, our bosses who are very good at this, you know, Scott and Justin Bell, mm -hmm. um, incredible. It was kind of like a replace yourself system. Yep. So the guys who wanted to close, their responsibilities were to find people that could replace themselves. You know, if they were doing five appointments a day, they need to find people who could reciprocate that. That way that there's not like a, you know, a relocation of, of like money, but like a growth aspect. Yeah. The guy you were setting for before still has appointments. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to help scale it so that it wasn't just like one person teaching everybody, we made it a model where it's like, okay, you're closing now, but you're also responsible for your own pipeline. If you want your guys to do good, you need to stay in the field with them. You're responsible for that until they're so good that you're busy with appointments and can't do that anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's no reason anyone should just sit in their car and you know, be texting like, you, you get a set yet? <laughs> um, so get out there with them and knock. And it grew pretty fast from there because you put the you put the ball in, in their court and you give the kid an opportunity to make really good money and they're going to run with it. Yeah. Especially if they've been in it for a year or two already. That's, that's what we do, man. It's it's funny because it's like um, I'm always super careful how I – how I talk about this because we, we have to remain in love with knocking doors forever and ever. Right. Yeah. But if you are a good recruiter and a good trainer and when the, when the, the opportunity calls, you can go kill it. Then you will find a situation where you only knock to train guys. Yeah. And other than that, you just go appointment to appointment. Otherwise yep. your guys suck. They quit and you self gen a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's true. But again, like I said, I, I, I don't even like to broach that topic without hedging like four different ways, because as soon as I, as soon as you even crack the door open, some guy's like, yeah, once I become a closer, I'll never knock a door again. <laughs> they so. start buying only white shoes and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their, their cars been, engines been on for too long and it keeps shutting off on them. Yeah. I get yeah. It. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So you start scaling up, uh, that's 20, 2020 that you started closing too. Um, 2021 is when I started closing. Yeah. I didn't close Love a it. single deal in 2020 myself. I was setting that whole setting time. that whole year. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 2021 started closing 2022 is when we started to scale. That's when we started to like recruit pretty well. Love it. Love it. Now, um, how do you do that? Like you, you Savon personally, what's your, what's your flavor with recruiting? Um, 
I have this belief that if I have to convince somebody to do the job, then I have to convince them every day to continue to do the job. Uh, so that's I, a nugget. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the type where like I'll like you know DM <laughs> you know kids that I see liking liking other people's stories and be like, hey, you want this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did was. Um, when I when I put my my story out there of like this is what I do every day I did it because one I wanted to like uh, keep myself accountable but two as like I started to find a little bit of success in life I wanted everyone to know like why you know it, w- it wasn't like a secret it wasn't like I got lucky or anything like that it's like hey I've been doing this every day since 2019 and naturally people will reach out to me and just ask me th- things like that so in the beginning like yeah people will just naturally reach out ask what I'm doing what 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 it is and how I come in and with the blitz model that's like one kind of like thing that's really nice. It's easy to recruit to. It's hard to recruit somebody to commit to four months. It's easy to recruit somebody to commit for seven days. Yeah. Right. So, hey, yeah. come try us out for seven days. We have a really good system. Show up here with your bags packed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'll I'll be the one to go out there and knock with you. And because and, I'm always willing to do that, I feel like it helps out a ton. Uh-huh. And we just grew it one person at a time. Like every blitz, I had this goal of bringing one or two new people myself. And, you know, the other guys had that same responsibility. <laughs> and it just slowly grew from that. I love what you're saying kind of about the social media thing. Cause here's, here's how I was explaining it to my guys, right? Like you can be like the MLM kid where, you know, it's just like one DM at a time. That copy and paste DM. Yeah. The, the copy and paste DM. First off the DMs awkward. Second off, like you put them in a situation to have to tell you no. Right. Whereas what I almost tell my guys is I'm like, Hey, if your whole circle knows these four things, you will get recruits. They all need to know what you do for work, that it's cool, that it makes good money, <laughs> right. and that we're hiring. That's simple. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, if your whole circle knows that, then you will have some people reach out to you all the time. Yep. So, you know, I, I think it's like weird boss behavior to like require what a person does on their social media. But I strongly suggest it. I'm like, hey, guys, if you just post on your, so- on your social media about your job periodically – You'll, it's like the equivalent of doing that MLM kid DM to every single person you know. And you also make it like opt in for them as opposed to having to tell you no. It's just the interested people tell you. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, mass effect, right? So you guys start scaling up uh, 2022. Man, that's fast. You're, you're at 100 guys now, you said? Yeah, Ish. as of today, yeah, we're onboarding a ton. We'll be right at around 100, yeah. Cool. Cool. And still primarily going to California? Yeah. Yeah. California. Then I go there next week yeah. <laughs> with the guys. Um, but yeah, so 2022, we started to like grow a little bit. 2023 is when it really took off. Because uh-huh. um, yeah, I think in like sales leadership, you get to this point where origi- at first you're just a guy. You're learning how to do the job. Mm-hmm. Then like you get a couple of friends, if you do well enough, who want to like be like you and come out and do it with you naturally the next step is hopefully they start bringing their friends and that's when you kind of put yourself in a manager position right mm-hmm. and in the center closer model it's really simple because you you kind of incentivize people by like hey you want to be a closer go find guys so now you're a manager of a bunch of closers who have a bunch of setters mm-hmm. um and if you want to be a manager get your guys to closer exactly Boom. Yeah, yeah. And that natural growth too, right? Like not just like kind of skipping steps because they have to go through the process. And anyone that comes in, unless they have people with them, we have them knock. Yes. Like no matter what. I did it, you know, and, and I, I, I still do. And mm-hmm. I still set to guys. Like for closers who have a hard time getting appointments, I'll set to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you get to that point now and it's like where it gets a little tricky is like the next point of growth is helping your closers become a leader. 
because those are two different things. There's a closer and then there's a leader. Mm-hmm. And that was like in 2023, we had our, our good times and our bad times because like you're also learning as well with them, right? Like mm-hmm. alongside, like it's new territory for you. Um, but I think in, now in 2024, we have a couple leaders and now, now it's fun. Now it's like massive, massive growth, ton of volume. And, you know, you don't even know how to define your role because you're basically just a, you're just a snowplow. You're just trying to eliminate as many obstacles as you can so your guys can go out there and just crush it without thinking about it. Sun runs big, you know, well-oiled machine. You guys have reliable backend ops and install. I know that's a yeah. big thing in solar. So dude, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I, I actually love this. I speak this language. This is how windows is, but I always get a kick out of it in like a good way because I love it when I see solar guys recruiting on the basis of their company's good ops. Right. It's like sell as good as you want over there, but that company can't install your deals, you know? <laughs> it, that is kind of like the recruiting battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a crack up. Um, so where do you go from here, man? So, I mean, looking into 2024, is that what you're talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looking into the next few years, even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is all new territory, you know, for, for me, like, and going back to like, you know, being that kid who quit his first summer, I never thought I was going to be here. Mm -hmm. I was honestly hoping that it was just a stepping stone. I I played in the NFL and, you know, that's how I made all my money. Never thought I'd be here. So now it's, it's the same thing, man. It's like chop wood, carry water. I have to learn my new role. So I'm like reading books, podcasts, I'm like on leadership and things like that. And, and now I'm, I'm looking at like all these you know, guys that, that I've worked with for years and then the new people and I'm learning how to like, like bridge that journey for them, you know, from, from where they are to where they could be. And I think the only way that you can really get to that point as a, as a leader in general is if you've done it before. And, you know, I, I, I'm, my journey's not done. I still have a lot to learn, but as far as like where they're at and where I am, um, that's where my focus is. You know, I'm doing all this research to, for myself, but also to like help these guys get to the next step as well. Yeah. 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 So 2023, you hit a golden door. I, th- I think the Mark and Solar is 130 deals or something. So the Mark and Solar, it's a hundred points. You get half oh, a yes. point for setting an install and half a point for closing an install. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they changed all that. What, what'd you hit? Um, my points, I think I hit like 150 total. Yeah. Cause I, I self gen quite a bit and I had leads that I wouldn't. Cool. Do you have like a mark for this year? Um, I mean, it almost becomes a standard for you now, right? Like, so I, I still want to hit the golden door. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I have like the, the capacity to beat my last year. It was a good year. Yeah. But like the a lot golden more door, training. was that a lot more training this year? Probably. Um, I wouldn't say that. I don't want to like make it seem like that, that takes up a lot of time. It's just, I don't want to take away opportunity from others. Yes. Um, you know, like now, cause I was, I was like the primary guy last year, like closing everything. Now uh, I have a couple of guys where it's like, Hey, it's time for them to eat, you know? Yes. And I'll still go out there and get my own, but, but now like I have to think of as a team collective. So I'll probably self, you know, do most of my own like setting and doing things in the doors myself rather than take you leads. Yeah. You know, I, I have a lot of respect. I, I think, Sometimes in this job, we talk a lot about ceilings all the time. Like it's all about hitting the new high, but I have a lot of respect for a person who, even if they take a dip, it will not be below X, Y, Z number. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, it's still got to perform. I am a firm believer that the reason why our, our org does well is because top to bottom, everyone's out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no guy who's like, you know, in that regional position where they're just doing recruiting meetings, you know, all year round. Right. Like. 
I'm out there. I'm, I'm going out to market with them, and I'm out on the doors, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody knows that. So I don't expect that to change no matter how far the, we get down the road, like whatever role I get into. I always find time to be out there in the mud with, with everybody, with 18-year-olds, with the older guys, because um, I feel like that's what, one, it curbs complacency, but it also just shows that, like, this is this is part of, you know, your your life. This is this isn't something that you escape. You want to stay here. You want to stay on, as close to the doors and as close to people as possible. Because if you want to like sh- add value to the people that work for you, you have to be there with them in some form. It's the same thing I was talking about, about like uh, guys trying to get off the doors by becoming a closer. It's like trying to get off the doors by becoming a regional or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then it just models to everybody like the doors are something to avoid that we're desperately trying to escape. It's like, no, I don't want to countenance any part of that. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, you had a guy like Cody Olive. He's still hitting golden doors, and he's you know got hundreds of people. So yeah, like it, you don't you don't escape it. You actually just get closer to it. Mm-hmm. You're just in a different capacity now. That's not your only form of income. That's the only thing that's different. Yep, yep. Love it, dude. Well, if our uh, followers want to find you, you know, what's your what's your Instagram handle and any other place you frequent? Yeah, I mean, any social media that I'm on, because it's my it's my name is just Savon Moniz at, at Savon Moniz. Benefits um, of being named Savon Moniz. It's very true. Yeah, <laughs> you'll only run into me. So, <laughs> so yeah, all social medias I'm on there, and um, Facebook's just Savon Moniz. I'm the only one you'll find. Love it, love it. Well, thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah, appreciate you, Levi. Thank you. Yep.